Hey there, on this July 31, 2022. It's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yay! Good morning! Good morning! Good morning. Good morning. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, all right. I, I thought y'all was still asleep. I know some of you didn't want to get up this morning. That's all right. Others of you hoping the 8 o'clock comes in two seconds so you can go back to bed. Others of you, wherever you are, we thank you all for joining with us this morning. Mama Bell is going to play for us. That'll wake us up on this July 31. Uh This last day of July. Last day. uh, 2022. Uh, And then Brother Dennis will come with his conversation with us uh, and then we will uh, have our time of prayer before all that happens I just want to uh, uh, give you a good morning and uh, Mama Bell I had an opportunity yesterday to go out to Salter Street you know what Salter Street is yeah off of Princess Anne Road yeah. And the USO used to be back over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right there on the cemetery wall. Uh-huh. I know that. Because uh, I had a friend named Salter, and then I, so I always remember where that street was. Uh-huh. But uh, there's an organization out there, uh, the Catholic Workers of Norfolk, of the group of of people who uh, operate out here in, in the in the Hampton Roads area, and uh, they go out there and feed the homeless. And so we had the opportunity to go out there and, and chat with them and, and learn about what's going on and so forth. So uh, the thing that I mentioned that was because. Uh, I went out there incognito. I don't know how long that'll be able to to last these days, but uh, my being incognito, you learn a lot of things. Around about the downtown area, there's three stops on on that community's journey. In the downtown area, near where the old uh, Confederate statue used to be, there is a uh, a little pool. I actually need more context right across the street from the MacArthur Memorial over there between the buildings. And at that stop, that's where a lot of homeless people with mental health issues reside. They're talking to themselves. They're married to the trees. It's, it's very interesting what's going on over there. And so a lot of our homeless issues from a mental perspective is, is large in that area. And then going back to Salter Street, uh, 
you saw people coming up in Toyota Tundras and uh, various vehicles, and they were coming up to the homeless line. And so uh, I asked one of the ladies who orchestrates that, I said, that gentleman's got a brand-new Toyota Tundra. I was just curious. I had an idea, but I just wanted to hear it out of my mouth. And she told me, she said, well, he works for the shipyard, and his travels from here to Newport News cost him so much, so he bought a truck for travel, and he figured if I get back and forth to work, I'd be all right. I could just live in the truck. And so I ask for you to consider that in your prayers when you think about the homeless people. As I always say, they're just 50 cents short and half a day late. And a lot of them are literally out here trying to do something good for themselves, and they're just, just uh, coming up a little bit short. So I want to put that in your head. That was my moment of discovery uh, this week. My dear Mama Bell, if you will. Okay, here we are, I guess.
good morning. Good morning. Mama Bell, Mama Bell. You're so good to hear you play it. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I know that um, Derek does too. Well, good morning, everyone. This last day of July, the year is disappearing quickly. Summer is going away, but that's okay. We're here, and we're going to enjoy today, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. God bless everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for being here. I know I'm happy that I'm here. It was a little uh, struggle this morning to wake up, but that's that's okay. I made it. I'm here. Uh, and I actually got a cup of coffee, so I'm ready to go. You know, um, over over the last couple months, and uh, actually, believe, you know, even before that, you know, we uh, Eric talks about you know just loves us and and, and uh, on and on, and you know, Mama Bell is a beautiful song, and we we think about that, you know, that Jesus loves us, but you know. Uh, I often think about uh, when when uh, young children, you know, we we have to teach them, my children, and, and I'm sure you did the same with yours. You have to teach them about what? Love, okay? And, and, and uh, you know, they always did the little game, who do you love? And they would fill in the blank, you know, mama. And you go, eh, okay, especially if you're a dad. You're like, who do you love? <laughs> You keep waiting for that daddy, but sometimes it, it took a while to come because they would say other things. You know, they would talk about their siblings or, or whatever, and then you'd ask them, what do they love? What do they love to eat? I mean, just on and on. You could, uh, you know, educate yourself for a long time with that, and just sometimes you just marvel at the, some of the answers they came up with. You know, some of them were cute, and some of them made you chuckle, and some of them maybe uh you know, put a tear in your eye, and that's a good thing. So we teach our children love. We teach them love from the beginning, and we show them love. And uh, you know, we have to do that. How do you show your 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 family love? Yeah, it's important that we we think about that. And actually, you know, we we should do that without it really thinking about it. It should become what come natural. It should come natural to us, and, and it's inborn in us that we should show people love. Uh, and uh, you know, we have to think about. You know, uh, this past week uh, we have a uh, in in my neighborhood uh, we have a young lady. Uh, who uh, loves to do yard work. She loves her. Her yard is always uh, pristine and always looks so beautiful with flowers and everything is so neat and orderly. You know, uh, every time I go on my walk, I just marvel at how how great her yard looks. And and then, you know, you uh, uh, early on, I'd notice her across the street on uh, somebody else. And I said, what are you doing over here? Well, you know, their yard needs a little help. I thought I'd come over and give them a little help. So she, uh, uh, she's the neighborhood, uh, I want to say, odd maintenance person. You know, I know of at least uh, three yards uh, this past week. She was in one uh, Pulling sticker 
bushes and briars and everything else out of it, out of their uh, their flower beds, and I was like, wow, you know. Of course, you know, I I, uh, I had to you know take a deep breath and go get my gloves and make sure I had a hat on and and go over and give her a hand and, and help her out a little bit, you know, and and uh, and, and we got to talking and. And she says that you know she likes likes to do that. She likes to get out and, uh, and work in, uh, outside. And uh, you know she she times her work so she's in the in the shade of the building or the shade of the trees. And uh, she says she just likes to keep the uh, the neighborhood looking great, you know great. And uh, so we had a good talk. We talked about a lot of different things, but. That's her way of showing love, and she does it pretty much. Uh, people know that she does it, but she doesn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, flaunt herself. She, you know, she don't want to. She don't say, "Oh, come and knock on my door if you need some help." Uh, all you have to do is if, you know, I was out, uh, you know, working on my yard, my son and I, and you know, she comes walking by and stops, and we talk for a while, and she's like. Or, or you need some help? Do you can you see what you're doing? And I'm like, that's why I have my son. He can he sort of guides me and and what I'm doing. Sometimes it's uh, it's a little reckless, and, but uh, it's okay. We always manage. But what I say all that just to show you that that's you know that's one way of showing love. That's one way of showing love in the community. That's one way of expressing their heart. You know. So that's just a, a simple way. How do you show your love? It doesn't have to be a, a physical thing. Sometimes you just show your love by what? Praying for people. You know, we have to pray for everyone. You know, the Bible tells us that. Even our enemies, we have to pray for them. You know, and that's a, that's a hard thing to do. You know, sometimes we, you know, we want to pray the opposite instead of the good, right? Come on now. And uh, we have to remember that... Uh, you know, God put us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to show His love and to show the love that He has He has shown us. And uh, throughout the Bible, there are there are verses and passages and uh, even chapters about love and how we should, uh, you know, love one another and do things for one another. You know, but uh, okay, that's how we do it. But how how does God how does God show His love to us? You know, sometimes you just need to sit down, think, you know, think about the love that God has shown you. And, you know, the Bible is pretty specific. And, and it's so, you know, specific that it, it just spells it out and, and lets you know how much God does love you. You know, if you if you looked in Romans, my coffee's hot. Romans, I'm moving a cup. Anyway, Romans 8, 38, 9. Okay. All right. These two verses are pretty powerful, and if you just listen to listen to what it says, it says, "I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, either height and depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to what separate us from the love of God." that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. So what does Paul Paul say, look, listen, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what you're doing, you know, 
no matter how you feel, you know, from the height and depth, from, from the width, from anything, anything in this whole creation will be able to separate us from the love that God shows us. And, how, you know, and the most important way that he showed us his love was what? Through his son. His son came and walked among us and died on the cross for us, for our sins. What, what greater love? Greater love. But you just have to think about, you know, we all know that Jesus died for us and he loves us. And it, but he gives, he, God loves us more than all creation. And anything he's made on earth, he loves us more than that. You know, in Genesis it says he created you know, the heavens and the earth, and so, oh, this is really good. Then he created that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm happy. Let's, you know, let's do what we need to. And, but yet, he loves us more than all of that, more than everything, more than the stars in the sky. Think about that. The whole world, you know, the, the beautiful animals, the beautiful trees and flowers, you know, everything that's great and that you love. You know, oh man, I love that plant. It is so pretty. The flowers are so beautiful. Think about that. God created that. He created us too. And he created us because what? He loves us. He loves us more than that beautiful flower. No matter what we do, you know, he still loves us. No. More than the angels. More than the demons, you know. No matter, God is there for us. His love will always be there for us through His Son and through Him and through the Holy Spirit. We have that to cling to. So when somebody says, bah, 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 just remember, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved more than you realize. You're loved by who? You're loved by God. So no matter what happens in your life, no matter what you're going through, you have something to cling to, something to hold on to, something that is precious, something that is just energizes you. I know it energizes me. You know, you have that rough day and you feel like beating your head against the wall. Just think about that. God says, I love you and I always will. If you want to beat your head against the wall, go ahead. But I still love you. And just turn it over to me and I'll take care of it. But you have to love me. Show that you love me. Sometimes we, when you want to, you know, head down the wrong path or think about it, how dark it is outside or even in your heart, and you just talk to God because he'll be there because he loves you. He loves you more than creation. To me, you know, what, what more do you need? What more do you need? The love of God is sufficient to handle everything and anything that you have in your life. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen. God bless you, Brother Dennis. It's so good to hear you this morning. And what a great inspirational message you gave us this morning. It gave us something really to think about. And we appreciate you. And uh, Mother Bell, you you just danced on them keys this morning. Uh, uh, I need to come and get a cup of coffee with you in the morning because uh, if you played like that this morning, I tell you, you, you must have had a little extra help there. But we thank God for you, and we appreciate you um, for that great selection. And 
And the venue was playing. I closed my eyes, and I thought I was in a cathedral somewhere listening to the melodies from heaven. It's the Spirit of the Lord just grabbed my, my, my mind and just took me away in the Spirit. Thank you so much. This morning before I pray, before, amen, you're most welcome. And thank you for that birthday greeting. And I take that happy birthday song anytime you want to play it. And um, thank you. <laughs> thank you uh, for allowing me to have this little space before I pray this morning. I think it's, I think it's uh, well worth this time. Um, I've been walking with uh, your pastor, um, Minister, the Reverend Doctor Bishop. Uh, EDB uh, for a long time, and I have watched him. And I think it's just at this time that it's more than than, than um, adequate, and and I think he deserves um, what is going to be bestowed upon him in the month of September, uh, the weekend there, about the 25th, I believe it is. And uh, we are going to be um, credentializing him officially for the thing that he does here with you all as pastoring um, over the airways and uh, however you want to fill this virtual church. And, and uh, actually, it's just not, it's not on the virtual, it's physical. And because uh, all of us built on the rock and that rock is Jesus and that's the foundation and so we saw a bit befitting um, that we credentialize him officially um, so he will be able to carry out all of the acts of a pastor um, uh, by what we consider to be biblical and is also recognized by the state and the federal government. So on this the uh, 25th, I think it is, I can't, I, I don't remember the dates right now, um, the last Sunday in the month of, I do know that, the last Sunday in the month of September, he will go through the official ordination of that, and he will be, um, I ain't going to say, I don't want the word to be legal, um, he's already legal. But officially, um, by what God and by how man does it, it's almost like in the book of Timothy when uh, Paul anoints Timothy, he gives him the charge to do what he does. And that's what we're doing with um, Pastor Eric, along with, uh, I think, it's seven others that will be um, be uh, going through the same act. There would be people from Texas. I think some people from um, California even uh, will be consecrated that day as well. So um, there will be a service there at the church that I am um, staff pastor at, their city, uh, a praise there in a husky powerful actually, North Carolina. Um, it's, a, it's an hour and some change from here. But it will, be, it will be such a blessing to have you there with us and to see and to witness this great occasion. Um, and so that's what we'll be doing. And I am so proud of him. I am so proud of um, uh, Pastor Eric. I have seen him down through the years grow 
and mature as I want to as his friend. I don't know what he could consider me as a mentor or not, but as a friend, I want to see this done, and I feel an honor to be able to restore this upon him, um, and we thank God for him. So that's that's the last Sunday in September, and so you need any more information, have any more questions, I would be so glad to answer you uh, if I didn't explain this uh, in a way that you could understand. But then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we honor you, we praise you, we give you glory. I feel that love that President Dennis was talking about that comes from you, that comes from your sacrifice because you so loved us. You gave you all the begotten son that who shall believe in shall not perish but have everlasting life. We know it was love that did that. When we when yet sinners you died for us. And we thank you, Lord God, and we thank you that the extent of that which you've done, we thank you, you, and because of that, we have this freedom now to come to you with an open door. And Father, we thank you for opening that door and allowing us into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord God, for life. We thank you for it. It is all of its abundance. And Father, we come this morning and we. Lord God, this is there is anything in our life that shouldn't be. And Father, we ask you for the forgiveness of it. And we thank you because you said that we do come before you and ask for forgiveness. You are faithful, 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 faithful to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Lord God, for forgiving us and giving us this opportunity to come in your presence, Lord God not allowing condemnation and not allowing anything that we said did in the past to hinder us from being where you are right now. And where you are, you are here in our presence, in our separate homes, wherever we may be. Your presence is here with us. You said, lo, you will be with us until the end of the earth. And the scripture said, you'd never leave us, nor will you forsake us. And, Father, we thank you for being with us. Even when we don't feel you, Lord, God, being there. Even when we don't see you, we know you're there. And, God, we praise you. We glorify you as we come, Lord. We thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to pray, Lord, God, for concerns of all over this world. There's concerns. There are things that are happening all around us. In our communities, Lord, God, we just pray for them. We pray for our leaders of our communities, we pray, Lord God, that you would give them the strength and the, and the power, Lord God, they need to make the right decisions and the decisions that they make for our benefit on our behalf. We pray, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts. And I pray, God, that their minds and their hearts will be opened unto you. Oh, Father, we see know that the king's heart's in your hands. So there's not a there's not a decision that any judge or any congressman, any president, there is no uh, governor can outrule who you are. And God, we place him in your hands right now in Jesus' name. They may not be our political affiliation, but they are your property. 
And, Father, we place them in your head, Lord God. Even though they want to run out of your head and don't want nothing to do with you, we as your people place them in your head. Lord God, that you may deal with their hearts and deal with their situations. Father, there are people that is dealing with flood waters this morning. Their homes have been washed away, have been filled with water. Father, we pray, Lord God, for their rebuilding process, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for those who are dealing with fires. Fires are consuming, Lord God, homes by the hundreds. And, and Father, we pray for those who are dealing with this heat wave that is, that is causing temperatures to be rugged, break, breaking records all around us. But, Father, we thank you because in the midst of all of that, you kept us. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you. Thank you. The, your word says this, that yea, though we walk the valleys of shadows of death, we are fear no evil, for you are with us. We thank you, Lord God, for never leaving us and being our shepherd, being our God. God, we thank you, Lord God, for protecting us even in this inflammatory time of crisis that are gone out of control. We thank you, Lord God, for still being able to go to the gas pump and pumps of gas. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to cut on the lights and the lights there come on. Thank you for allowing us to flush the bowl and there is still water in there. We thank you, Lord God. Still bad but you, the God. We sat down like yesterday. We had food in our, on our table. They came out of our refrigerator. They came from the store. They came from the barn yard. They came from the chickens. We thank you, Lord, for it. All of the happiness of your hand. And, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for all of that. And we praise you, Lord God. We don't take it for granted, God. You're a great God. And we thank you for it. We declare it to be so. Lord, touch those who are sick. Touch those who are needing the touch of their body. We pray for your healing upon them now. We pray, God, that you would touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. You are the Lord thy God that healeth thee, and there is nothing too great for you. And so, therefore, Lord God, we pray for the manifestation of the healing power be upon them right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Um, at this time, we're going to go to a time where you can pray, time of prayer meditation. Maybe it was something that Pastor Booth did pray for this morning. It's on your heart. This time, you can do that. Let's pray. Always remember Jesus, Jesus. Always remember Jesus, Jesus. Always keep him on your mind, the name of Jesus is wonderful, wonderful, the name of Jesus is wonderful. Wonderful, always keep him on your mind. 
Amen. Mama Bell, are you near that peony? Yeah. Do you mind if we do something before my old head forgets again? You know I'm getting old. I'll try. Mm-hmm. Can, can we uh, wish Pastor a happy birthday before I forget again? You know he's 99 going on 50. The bald head is to protect him from the graves that popping out. Thank you. Have a glorious day. Thank you. I receive it. Yeah. I wanted to do that before I forgot again. You know, I'm getting old. Uh, I figured I should do that and and celebrate his birthday. He don't want you to know that he's about one exit away from Social Security. He's trying to hide that as much as he can. It's a blessing. And, uh, I went downstairs just in case you said something. I went back downstairs. Okay. Because <laughs> you, because you're a smart lady. You, 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 you know my. You know, they say, they, they say that the best minister of music knows the preacher's mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but anyway, I was attuned I to that. I don't, I, I don't know about it either. I just say what they say. <laughs> okay. Lord. Okay. Uh, One of these days, I'm going to get out of this book. <laughs> Chapter 6. That's right. Open the door. Let's... We'll wait for the usher to let people in. Okay. Me in. All right. Uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Where are we going to read? Jose, chapter 6, verse 6 reads, For I desire faithful love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. For I desire faithful love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I want to discuss during my time this morning why you came here in the first place. Why you came here in the first place. And all those agreeing with the word respond with the howdy. Amen. Amen.
66%. That is the number of returnees post-COVID. 66% have found their way back to our sanctuaries full-time. 66% have found their way back to their life groups, have found their way back to partnering. We're not talking about 66% of the church attendance in partnerships. We're talking about 66% of the people who are working in the church in the first place. If you are familiar, you would know that if the church has maybe a 1,000 members, maybe 10 of them are active. And out of that 10, now you have to take 66% from that because a percentage of that 10 has decided not to come back. I wonder sometimes, when folks walk in and they see empty pews, when they see that the choir stand is no longer full, when they realize that the parking situation is very, very easy, I wonder, does it not bother people? I've always wondered why an empty chair in the church never bothered anybody. When I came along, it was always the universal saying, well, the church should have been packed for this one. Everybody should have been here for this one. And I wondered. Why didn't we work on that? Why didn't we make sure as a whole, and I'm not saying that none of you did that. I'm talking to the mother people. If I could take a moment of privilege, some of you, I believe, and please forgive me if I'm projecting my feelings onto you, but some of you are asking the same questions going out with your tracks, you conducted classes, were active in the youth advancement programs and projects, and it seems as though the harder you work, the more somebody backs you in the negative direction. The harder you tried to build the youth, somebody was there to tear them down. The more folks you brought to the church, the more folks they swindled into walking back out. I'm not talking to you, and I'm not trying to uh, say one of those preacher cliches that they say, oh, ain't nobody here did that. No, I, I, I don't believe it. I know who I'm talking to. You know your audience. That is public speaking number one. Know who you're talking to. That said, I get back to my train of thought because I wonder. I wonder why those empty chairs, 
Don't bother anyone. I wonder why pain and suffering, heartbreak and rejection is not an ingredient for change. When you constantly folks leaving our doors, distancing themselves from our communities, nobody wonders. Well, you know, I've been in this church for some years, so, you know, it is what it is. I know they're crazy, but, you know, I, 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 I'm not here to invoke membership change. I have never been there. You, you believe that's where you're supposed to be? Stay on down now. I just wonder. I wonder why most folks don't realize the power they possess. As we've been having conversations in the book of Jose now, almost this month, literally, this entire month, should I say to properly formulate that sentence. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to correct my mistakes. We've been here and we've been noticing one or two things. These I have. One of those things I have noticed is that the preacher is generally drawn to one or two particular points. The preacher loves high dollars because the high dollars allows for him to uh, utilize it in whatever way that he sees fit. I was having some conversations with a few in the preacher community, and my conversations was put on hold. I was trying to process how I wanted to uh, talk about that. Sometimes you got to think about what you say, especially these days. And uh, the problem with why our conversation was put on hold is because unilaterally, unanimously, almost in concert, if you will, across the board, all the preachers were heading out of town for the month of August. And it seems to me... Maybe uh, I am projecting again, and please forgive me if I am, but it seems to me like August is Africa month. All the preachers are in Africa. And I have no problem with Africa. They are one of the most poorest regions on the earth, parts of that place is. I have no problem with our dollars being utilized in the Congo and in the south of Sudan and to the betterment and the security and the protection of Ukraine. I have no problem with that. After all, the Great Commission tells us to go ye into all the lands. There's a clause in there said to the uttermost parts of the earth. I think Africa, the Congo, Sudan, Ukraine fits in that uttermost part of that clause. 
But the other interesting problem that I have is even though it said to the uttermost parts of the earth, it said first in Judea. Now, that's significant because looking at the timeline of where these individuals were when this commission was created, they were in Judea. And then they left for Samaria. Now, if I could just take a few times or a few moments here, thank you for letting me correct that sentence, to process this. Judea, meaning Judah, Jew. Samaria was the other folks. And then you have the uttermost parts of the earth. It's very interesting when you think about it like that. First, Judea means first take care of your house. If you're asking me, well, how do you conclude that statement? Well, there's another part that you've heard all your life which says charity begins at home and then spreads abroad. I wonder when we have all these moments in Africa and Ukraine and the Sudan and the Congo and yet our own house is on fire. And nobody seems to be interested. You got a home in our streets. And yet the politicians are all in meetings every Saturday morning. What y'all meeting about when people are hungry? Eating about when the folks are cold in the winter and hot in the summer. What y'all meeting about when young people do not have the proper opportunities, participativities once those schoolhouses have closed? What y'all meeting about? When the mothers are working too to try to keep food on the table when the fathers, those who have decided that they're going to handle their responsibilities are struggling for work because the mothers and the fathers now have to compete for the same jobs. What y'all meeting about? when the kids are still going to jail from reckless activity and the lack of same, what y'all meeting about? I wonder. I don't know if it's just me, but every time I call one of them, they're at a meeting. Why we got so many meetings, ain't nothing getting done. And they'll argue with me. Well, the world is getting better. It just takes time. It's interesting to me. It's interesting to me how 
you formulate the understanding properly of this particular place we call home. More folks in meetings, and I'm going to stay there for a few more seconds. More folks are getting information. Our civic leagues are boasting, some of them, about how beautiful they operate and how informative their communities are. Oh, we know what's going on in our city. We make sure our people are informed. But your attendance is in double digits when your home ownerships and community attendance is in triple. How are you informed as a community when only 25 folk come to meetings and 1,000 folk live in the neighborhood? Well, that's not our fault. I'm not going to blame you for it. I'm not going to say that it's not on the citizens' response that they should not take some of the blame, that they don't have some type of responsibility for why they don't know. But Mama Bell, when I ride through communities, and I asked, my mother told me, she said, I decided to test your theory. I said, what theory? She said, I went through the neighborhood and I asked, because you said it, so I asked. I said, how many of y'all know who y'all civically president is? Most of them said, I don't know. Do you know what ward you live in? I'm not sure. Do you know who your representatives are? Couldn't tell you one of them in the lineup. Why is that not bothering us? There's some who've done the best that they knew how, and I'm okay with that. They've operated to their capacity. That's fine. I'm not going to dismiss you for that. But even after we have operated to our capacity, it becomes a time when you realize that maybe there needs to be another alternative. Maybe it's time for us to consider Something else. T-Mobile is one of the phone companies in our uh, community. T-Mobile had a merger with Sprint some time ago, and the one of the requirements, or the yeah, we can say that. for the deal to be completed was that a whole new board and leadership community had to be created. The CEO had to change. The chief operating officer, that's the CEO. No, COO, that's what that is. CEO's chief executive. COO's chief operation. I'm, I'm right. 
Thank you for letting me clear my own mind. All them boys and girls had to go, had a new sleep. And the reason for that was that by merging the two companies, there are certain components, certain ideas that come with both of those companies. And so in order to make sure that we are looking at all parties, the betterment of the one brand will remove any association with the other two and make sure that this merger is all for the one. So the CEO is now a T-Mobile Sprint guy. He has no affiliation with Sprint, and he can't push those ideas on the T-Mobile. He has no connection with T-Mobile, so they can't say, yeah, we are the one that won and y'all lost. It's a fresh day. Sometimes the reality of it is that in order to do something different, you have to realize you might need somebody in our community. It's a little bit of a challenge. We know that some folks find it difficult to give up power. You know how long it took me to get there? I went to a civic league some time ago. This is in the years department now. And I was explaining to them how hard it is to get our younger people involved and how we should take more time to invest in them. One of the ladies, she had to be about 60 if she was a day. She looked me square in my eyes, and she said, my mama ain't give us nothing, so we ain't giving y'all nothing. And I sat there kind of sunken in my chair. The principal of one of the elementary schools was sitting next to me. We had traveled there together to try to bring awareness to the struggle with our young people and their parents. And I sunk down in my chair, and he kind of leaned back in his. It was almost like a disbelief slash moment of defeat. What are you supposed to do when you hear something like that? How are you supposed to respond when you hear something like that? You wonder, as I keep saying, people ask, what do you do about crime? i tell you what you do about it. Stop provoking people to anger. It seems like a simple fix. It seems like an 
outlandish idea. But most folks don't realize, Mama Bell, it's the little thing do that cause problems. You have a person over in the Eastern community who's working hard to pay taxes and yet they're being told what to do like the government is their parents. That provokes you to anger. When you listen to various conversations in our political sphere, and it's more of a tale story. Mama Bear, you ever had somebody walk up to you try to tell you how to wear a work? Sometimes you just sit there and laugh at them. They're two days from diapers you can still smell, the baby powder from where their mama wiped them. And they're trying to tell you how the world works. And it wouldn't be a problem for that young person two days from diapers with the baby powder smell still on them if what they said made sense. But you two days from a diaper with the baby powder still on your bottom and you trying to tell somebody how the world works and you don't even know where the corner is. But you know how the world works. Fascinating to me how in some instances we have this generation of folks who feel like grandmama need to be at the home and the young folk need to be in a classroom somewhere, and only I know what's right and what's wrong. It's fun to me. And when they take that mentality, grandmama go home because she's just tired of fighting. Young folks go to the street because they just don't care no more. And our three and four thousand seat sanctuaries become more of a housing for books and papers and nursing home and funeral fans rather than people. Nobody seems bothered. It's interesting to me. It's interesting to me how someone someone walked into me, Mama Bell, and they they told me one day, you know, God's gonna bless you. He's gonna turn it around. Oh hi yeah, I felt it right there. He's gonna turn it around for you in five days. He's gonna turn it around. He's gonna turn it around. And I was listening to the person talk. And he said, God is going to give you double for your trouble, double for your trouble, double for your trouble. And I called one of the people, I'm not going to name names because if I tell you who I called, it might give it away. Folks, listen now, you understand. They call in the spy sometimes. 
And I called that person and I said, am I going from a brick long to a double-decker? And we laughed because that is the seemingly natural response is God's going to give you some money. They didn't know I had money in the bank. God going to give you a car. They didn't know I had three in the driveway. But that's what their response is. I heard it from the Lord. I heard it from the Lord. Because it's that natural thing, you see, that all black folk is broke. And the only thing they come here looking and crying for is rent money. It's, un- it's unconceivable that a black man could come and cry for some help in the building of the community and not himself. It's unseemingly impossible that a black man could need not of his own accord but for the betterment of his world. It's, un- it's unseemingly possible that a person below 90 can have themselves somewhere in financial security. It's unseemingly possible. Those young folks, in that community, somewhere between diapers, I'll leave you to marinate what that thinks like or what that looks like. You know, it's twice diapers, once panties. Somewhere between the two diaper communities, you know it all. And I somewhat, and not all of them, let me put that in your pipe. Not all of them sit in that community. Some folk can't afford to know it all. They're just trying to struggle to know. So let me clarify that. But for the know-it-alls, I don't know if they lasted this long, so that's all right. I asked them a question. I had a conversation with one person who said, you know, you young people, y'all need to go somewhere until y'all figure out what's going on in the world. And I looked at them and I said, um, you got Facebook? Yeah, I got Facebook. You know, during the whole pandemic, you were putting your church services on there. You were using that to communicate, raise money, so forth and so on. You didn't realize that Mark Zuckerberg is literally 37 years old. Got the number one company for social interaction in the world, and the boy is only 37 years old. And he's been doing it now almost 20 years. You put that in your pipe and smoke it a little bit. Twitter. 
the home of news, the home of controversy. The CEO just left there some time ago. When you look him up, you'll realize that at this point, he's 45 years old. And again, you're talking about a guy who's been out there for some 20 years. You put that in your pipe and smoke it. How long was Mr. Jack Dorsey out there before this moment in time? I read of an article about a young man who started a brewery. He wanted to bring a response to the struggle of alcoholism and the consumption of violence that happens in connection with same. And so he started a brewery in protest, if you will, to bring awareness to how safe drinking and communities can be built around same. And Mama Bell, this young man, had about 19 brewers and he couldn't touch a lick of it because he won't 21. Between 2000 and this present time, 70% of our startup companies are CEOs by folks who are not even out of high school. Tumblr was started by a dude who dropped out of 10th grade. There was an article in IBD, that's the International Business, and there's another one called Investor Business Daily. There are two pieces of, of that information that goes out. I believe I saw it in both. I'm not certain. But this 16-year-old had a dream. He wanted to start a business. He had, he had an idea. He had walked around, and Mama Bear, get this, Boy raised $2.7 million to start his business. And his mother and father sat down with them, and they said, I'll give you a year. Oh, I wonder how that would look in our neighborhood. As my buddy told me one time, that's some white people stuff right there. I give you a year, and if it works, then you can go get your GED to make sure you have your diploma. You can take night courses, make sure you have your diploma, and then we can talk about what you do next. But if it doesn't work in a year, you have to go back to school. You have to go to high school, finish high school, and then you have to go to college. 
The mama made a deal with her son. And in six months, he had taken that two-plus million dollars that he had raised. And in six months, he had turned it over. What that means is when you go out and you raise money, you start as a company in debt. I'm sure that makes sense. That's like going to borrow from a bank. But the difference between borrowing from a bank and raising the capital is you are giving the investor, some of them call them VCs, venture capitalists, some of them call them AIs, angel investors, you are giving them a stake in your company. They have 20%, 30%, whatever the number is. If you've watched Shark Tank, you know what I'm talking about. And you have the option to, in a certain amount of time, whatever the deal is, if I invest uh, so much money, then I get so many so much stake in your company, and after some time, you can buy me out. You can have your company back whole. Within six months, he had bought out 70-something percent of his investors. Within six months, this young man as they said, not even fully matured. I had a mentor named Mr. Darby said, ain't peed on himself yet. And 70% of his investors are now paid off. And he has what was once a two-point-plus million-dollar organization that he started with making $20 million. With the remainder, that 30% left in there for security purposes. He said, I want to keep you around because you have more to offer the company than money. And so he was smart enough to know not to buy all of them out, but to keep some of them around just to make sure. 16 years old. And he's offering his mama a job. She went through the system. She graduated high school. She went to college. She old Bernie Mac and Freddie Mae. And her 16-year-old son ain't never seen Bernie. Don't know nothing about Freddie. And the matches that he knows comes from McDonald's. And he's worth 20-plus million dollars. Why doesn't that bother us when we sit down and we look and dismiss our young people and not realize that the ideas that are formulated in their brains could possibly make our churches and our communities better. Don't you realize? I wonder. I'm talking to them other people, not you. You and I are asking the same questions. 
Don't you realize that maybe the people you are dismissing are the answer to your problems? Just maybe there's a passage somewhere, you know, at least the Bible I'm reading, but sometimes I feel like I'm reading the wrong Bible. It reminds us to be careful how you entertain strangers because you may be entertaining an angel unaware. I'm just curious. As I realize my time is drawing short and I have not properly expressed my text yet. I think about how we look at church, how we look at community, and our churches and our communities are based on what we know and who saying. How connected are you? How affiliated are you? Who is in your repertoire? How many names of importance are in your Rolodex? When you scroll through your phone, do you have any sophisticated, highfalutin? We built a name. I'm from Antioch. I'm from First Baptist Built Streets. I'm from First Presbyterian and Freemason Street. I come from Grace Episcopal. I am from Norfolk Collegiate. And the one thing that I think totally omits, nobody cares. The real people that are struggling to try to find themselves, they don't sit down at First Presbyterian. They can't get a chair at Antioch. First Baptist Butte Street won't even give them a good eye. The real folks that are struggling to pay attention, the real folks that are struggling to try to find themselves, the real folks that need a piece of loaf of bread. They don't need the loaf. They just need a piece of the bread. They hope they can get a piece and the loaf, but if they could just settle for the crumbs, they're down there at that sanctified church that's stuck up. Them crazy low-life people. They're the folks that just don't fit in society. They, they, they're no crazy people over there. They, they're the God and Christ folks. We don't deal with them. We don't deal with them. Why not? Because they're poor? Why is it that going out to feed the homeless is only significant when a camera crew is around? Why is that? Because they're poor? Because they're dirty? Sometimes I wonder. You know, the most folks that talk about that are the ones that don't realize that they're just a half string away from dirt. We all came from it, you know. I wonder. 
And I didn't say this to beat anybody up. I told you I got better things to do with my time. I come here for therapy. One of the main reasons why I like Brother Pastor Booth is, and I told Pastor Bob I, I went to go sit down with him some time ago, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't remember the day. And I sat in the chair, and he said, how are you? I said, Pastor, I'm tired. And I just come here for therapy. I look at what's going on in our world, and I say, how do we solve the problem? Not how do we beat each other up. I ain't got time to beat you up. You go down there to first prayer, go. You go to First Baptist, go. You love Antioch, go. All I ask is when you get there, love the people, not the prestige. Love the people, not the power. See their potential, not their possessions. I pray this morning that we understand that it's all about loving people, not about how much money they can present to the building fund to make our sanctuary the state of the art community center that rivals the rest of those. Not how many productions we can do, not how hard the smoke can come out the flow. If you don't have smoke, if you don't have a guitar, if you don't have a hammer or a pipe, but if you love people, you can get together. One could be a baritone, another could be a bass, somebody else could be a soprano, an alto and a tenor, and you can have a wonderful music congregationally. When you love the people. I pray this morning as my dear grandmother's coming for us. We understand why we came to church. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. And the second is as great as the first. Love people as you would. That's a key term there. Love people. That's something we have to deal with a little bit more. I don't know why I did that today. I'm sorry because I'm going to have to leave you on that. But love people like you want to be loved. That's our mandate. My My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other grounds are seeking sand. All other grounds are seeking sand. Most holy and all wise Father, we just thank you for the word today. And God, we asking you to shine on us that we can shine 
that we can shine and love people. We can love one another. You commanded us to love God and teach us how to love you and then love your people. We thank you for that today. And we just glorify your holy name. And now, our now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God, even the Father, which have loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your heart and strength and establish you in every good work. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. May God bless you, keep you. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. Love you.